It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Let's move on to wide receivers. And I think for wide receivers, you know, the typical stuff that we look at, target share, air yard share, you know, maybe two of the one of the, two of the primary metrics we look at to determine, you know, their value in addition to the talent level, obviously. But, you know, we do usually see target share and talent level somewhat correlated for the most part. You know, what are the thresholds you look for in whether a receiver has top 12 or top 24 potential? Yeah, well, just real quick off the top, like, Wide receivers, running backs can come through without talent, right? Volume can get you there. Talent, like, can make it pop off, right? Now, they they can't earn a lot of targets as running backs without being super talented. But you know how this goes. Like, if you have 10 people, their job is to block for you, and you turn around, you hand the ball to me or you, like, we're, we might get a yard. We may die. We're not saying we're <laughs> NFL players, right? But receivers, it's the opposite. You and I can go out there today and run – 500 routes against an NFL defensive back and we probably couldn't get targeted one time. Maybe yeah. you could. I couldn't, right? I can't. Um <laughs> so <laughs> it's truly a talent-driven position. It, and the quarterback has to trust you. If the quarterback doesn't trust you to understand it's not just physical, it's mental. You're facing man coverage, man off coverage, zone coverage, help coverage, multiple types of zone coverages. Uh, and defensive coordinators are very smart. They have modifiers and all these coverages that make linebackers do different things to confuse, you know, uh, the 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 quarterback. If you guys play Madden, like you'll see, think the simplest terms, like you get, you know, a linebacker, you know, or a safety that's lurking, right? Based the way the progression is going to take the quarterback, and he thinks he's got the clean throw, and then boom, why is that linebacker there? Like he shouldn't have been there, and I get picked off. So there's not just physical. There is the trust. You have to be strong mentally. You have to be someone that really studies your playbook. You have to be completely dedicated a thousand gazillion percent to be a good receiver in the NFL, especially consistently, right? We see some guys flash here and there. So I, I love, you know, this question, but the biggest parts, air yards and targets, those two things correlate the most to future fantasy points. And they're the two most sticky things we have. So I look at air yard share. I'm looking at target shares. Those are the biggest things. There are some other things like PFF receiving grade also matters here, especially for rookies. Like if a rookie gets in an 80 PFF receiving grade or more like historically, like you can almost lock it up. Like this person's going to go bonkers like at some point. So PFF is still part of it. Uh, yards per route run correlates very closely to PFF receiving grade. So if you don't have access to PFF receiving grades, you don't want to pay the sub yards per route run as a data point. You can pretty much find on most sites nowadays and it correlates very closely uh, to the PFF receiving grade. So you can use either one of those things. Um, but what you're looking for 
This is how I write out my tiers over at Fantasy Life. People can check them out, fantasylife.com. Like each receiver, you'll see target earning profile, wide receiver one worthy. So the three-year average to be a target, a wide receiver one worthy target earner is 25%. A wide receiver two is 22%. A wide receiver three is 20%. And essentially, I'm looking at the player, and I'm like, okay, has this player hit those thresholds? Are they close to them? Have they hit it two out of the last three years? All that kind of stuff. Air yard share. 31% of your team's air yards is a wide receiver one worthy mark going back the last three years. 28% is a wide receiver two, 27% is a wide receiver three. So for, if you read Justin Jefferson's profile, you'll start off the number one bullet target earning profile, wide receiver one worthy target earner, wide receiver one worthy air yards and air yards matter because we do occasionally get slot receivers and players that play the league plays mostly zone 70% of coverage is a zone coverage. And most often the way to beat zone, except in specific situations where they want to take away throws against short of the sticks, you're going to beat the zone by, by beating the underneath coverage. And so slot receivers can pop up and they can have these really great target shares. But what will happen is their air yard shares are not great. And typically as your air yard share goes down, the less chance you have to hit big plays. That also means you're less likely to score touchdowns. So we really want wide receivers that can earn a lot of targets and that they also get their air yards. Like So rule of thumb, if you get a player that flashes like a 24 25% target share or targets per route run with at least 250 routes and they're at a 14 to 15 plus dot you probably have a superstar on your hands. This is a Chris Olave blurb. Right. <laughs> Chris Olave <laughs> like did both of those things last year. I hear people talk about how he's got a limited skill set. Those people have lost their mind. Chris Olave can win <laughs> at every single level of the field. Yeah, he's not a physical receiver like George Pickens. That's not how he wins, but he wins in way more ways than George Pickens. And guess what? His quarterbacks tell you that because his quarterbacks would not throw him the ball as much as they did last year if he couldn't do all of those things. So, that's the big stuff you're looking for. And like, and then again, there's that third component. So since some people may not have PFF receiving grades, I'll use yards per route run real quick. Wide receiver one is 2.28 wide receiver two, 1.92. And then wide receiver three is 1.78 small caveat on this one. If you're playing in an offense that mostly uses two wide receivers, that number naturally gets inflated. Also your quarterback play can impact yards per route run. Think about it. Earning a target is the receiver. The receiver goes out and does everything they need to do. Quarterback says yes, throws it to them. Yards per route run, if that pass is not accurate, if that pass is late, if that pass is too early, you can't get as many yards off of it. So it brings your yards per route run down, right? If you have a tight end on the field with you blocking and a fullback blocking in 21 personnel and you're one of the two wide receivers, you're more likely to get a target than if you are in a three wide receiver set with another wide receiver on the slot. Oh, by the way, when you go to a three wide receiver set, you're also more likely that your team is throwing the ball, right? right. So those are just some other quick factors, but that's the, the three biggest things and the two biggest by far are target share and air yard share. Yeah, and I'm on Ross St. Brown, you know, somebody who is going to be earning a very, very high target share, but the air yard share is going to be a question, right? And that was something that, you know, you have to consider when you're ranking these guys, you know, you have, you know, near that bottom, you know, eight to 11 guys, you know, you have guys like, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson, right, who my guess would, you know, he might have a, as high of a target share as Amon Ra, but then he might have a, a, a much higher air yard share, right? Um, so, you know, those things that you consider when you rank, when you're ranking, you know, guys like Amon Ra compared to guys like him, you know, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, 
you know, and, and those guys. And just, just curious to, to hear, you know, what your totem pole might be in terms of, you know, Amon is going to be that dude this year, no doubt about it. Ton of receptions. But is he going to have the enough air yards to potentially surpass both of those guys this year? Yeah, and that will be the tricky part for him. Um, and that's why, like, I can't get him up to the very, very top range. Now, having said that, the other thing we're looking for, like, is explosive target rate. Like, it's not, like, one of the primaries that super cor- correlates super high to fantasy points. It's more of the context, though, right? Can the player yeah. do it? Like, when you look at a Monra, is 5.1 yards after contact's pretty good for his dot. You look at his explosive target rate, 30% of his 30% of his targets went for turned into a reception of 15 plus yards or more. That's below of all the top wide receivers. Like it's that's above Justin Jefferson, right? right. That's above Tyreek Hill. It's above Stefan Diggs. It's above AJ Brown. And this is something he also did as a rookie. So some guys just have this ability, even though they're getting targeted more underneath, they're just really good with the ball in their hands. Like once it once it happens. Now what I will say is that skill set can deteriorate, right? They may in three or four years from now, it could be a problem for Monroe, right? He might still be a great target earner, but can he still get all those yards after catch? That's something that does go away with age. Keenan Allen's a great example. Like back in the day, Keenan would give you a lot of yak yardage on that underneath stuff. And it helped offset the fact that the ADOT was low. Keenan's still fine, but you know, he's not going to be a wide receiver one, right? He's probably going to be a good wide receiver two, going to give you a lot of targets, give you a lot of catches, not going to score a ton of touchdowns. So early in their career with a guy like a Monroe, I'm, I'm willing to give him just a little bit more leeway because he is such an alpha target earner. So now we mentioned this, this kind of tier here, right? Uh, you know, that, you know, low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. Jalen Waddle, you know, is an example of an extremely talented wide receiver, you know, who's running next to another extremely talented elite wide receiver, right? And Waddle showed that he's an elite target elite level target earner his rookie year but in year two you know even when you look at just the games with Tua, the target share wasn't really in that elite category right it was even it was even under that wide receiver three level he earned a 20 percent target share last year ridiculous 2.59 yards per route run extremely efficient now do you think that target share significantly needs to return like needs to increase for him to return on his adp do you think he can continue to be as efficient in this offense the way that he was last year. I mean, I'm looking at fantasy life data right now. 44% of his targets went for an explosive play. Like this dude's a beast, right? But I don't know. Like, can I take him over someone like Chris Olave again, right? Like who he's, uh, you know, Waddle's going ahead of Olave in underdog drafts right now. And Olave is just checking all the utilization boxes and he has a talent profile as well. Yeah. Waddle I'm a little worried about it, AEP. I still love the player. This is a very talented player, so he's going to have outs no matter what. There's different ways he could get there, but you picked out the perfect data point. That's not sustainable. 44% of your targets going for 15-plus yards, no matter how good you are, that's a really tough thing to do year over year. Um, So I would expect that to come down. Now, he could remain a decent yak player because we've seen Debo like do that, right? in that scheme. We've seen other guys in this Kyle Shanahan scheme, which is what Mike McDaniel uses with heavy play action creates more, uh, you know, space for the wide receivers. A play action target is worth 20% more approximately than a non play action target over the last three years in a PPR format. It matters because you're getting the ball to the player, especially when it's a player like this in space and they can maximize that opportunity just by that little pause that you create for the linebacker and zone coverage and you get waddle 
just in behind them. And then the safety has just got a little bit of a weird angle and it does create some of these big plays that you don't get in other schemes. So I don't want to say that it's going to completely go away, but I do think you have to regress that number. Now, the positive is you mentioned he was already a really good target earner as a rookie. So it wouldn't surprise me if he earned a 22, 23% target share this year and Tyreek Hill came down a little bit, right? Last year, Tyreek Hill was 29%, 29% (laughs) target share, which Think of all the years we saw Tyreek Hill with Patrick Mahomes. He never sniffed that. Right. And Travis Kelsey never had a year like what Tyreek, like what, or sorry, thinking about Waddle, Travis Kelsey never had a year like that, you know, with Tyreek Hill, yet he still had his biggest year last year. So th- there's room for both of these guys because they're talented. But I will tell you, like, you're also naming the perfect player. Like, I've teetered back and forth with Waddle versus Alave. Like, and which right. one should be like first in my ranks? I, my gut tells me is that Chris Olave is the better all around wide receiver. But we also have to fact Jalen Waddle's now shown us two years in a row in different ways. He can be a basically, he can be a wide receiver one. And so it's right. really hard to ignore that. This is a guy that's just found a way to morph into whatever he needs to be because he's super talented to get the job done for you. But, but I am a little bit worried about Waddle at ADP. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's a that's a great point. Like the point that you made about him doing doing what he needs to do in different ways, but still like killing it for you in fantasy. You know that that's a that's a, something that I didn't really consider. And if he puts both of those pieces of the game of his game together this season, then he could potentially even have a better year this yeah, year. What if Tyree um, Hill went down? Knock on wood. We don't want this to happen to any players. What if Tyree Hill right. missed the second half of the season and Jalen Waddle's fully healthy? Like monster. Monster. Could be the wide receiver one overall. Yeah. He could be exactly. He it could basically be if you're in best ball mania and you don't have Jalen Waddle, buy lights out. Like so. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. So. No, I totally get that. Now, and, and you know, you mentioned Debo Samuel. I wanted to bring up Brandon Ayuk and the disparity between these two guys at ADP. You know, Ayuk. You know, in my opinion, like I think he has a talent profile to be a wide receiver one, an alpha wide receiver one. Like I think about Stefan Diggs. You know, moving from Minnesota to Buffalo. That's that's really what I think about when I think about Brandon Ayuk. But you know, obviously loaded offense, right? Christian McCaffrey. He's going to eat. You know, Debo. You got George Kittle, and you know, we'll see if you know Ayuk's target share can increase. But do you ever buy into these type of wide receivers who have the talent profile? And, you know, maybe I'm overstating the talent profile a little bit, you know, maybe. But do you ever buy into these type of wide receivers who can take a big step forward because of the talent in case their target share ends up matching with their talent level? Or do you just make or do you just think that is a big assumption to be made? And I'm not talking about a big assumption of the talent side, but a big assumption that target share can move in a significant way for someone like Ayuk to get, you know, maybe 25 percent target share that he would get if he was on another offense or if Debo wasn't there. Right. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm wondering, right? Debo, yeah. you know, can he have a similar target share? You know, he doesn't have the air yard share. So like uh, Debo is going off the board as a wide receiver, 18. Ayuka is going off the board as a wide receiver, 27 right now. H- how do you, how do you discern those two things? Yeah. So a couple things. Number one, 
I'm on the same page with you as far as Ayuk and his talent profile. I do believe like if he played on a pass first offense, you know, with a good quarterback, we would be talking about a wide receiver one. Now, this is another little piece of context that comes in. Technically, Ayuk does not meet like the thresholds I gave you earlier, but there are caveats to that. Like when you play with Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> like it's just like when we see these really good receivers come out of great programs in college, and you'll see some people, well, they never hit these thresholds. And they're like, dude, you right. try to hit those thresholds playing next to those <laughs> receivers in college. Like it's not, yeah. it's not easy. Oh, you didn't break out early. Well, no crap, because it's a loaded freaking receiver room. So right. you have to account those things. But I think when you what, when you just turn on the film with Ayuk and when you look at his underlying data and once you account for those things, it's very clear that he is an excellent, excellent wide receiver. The weird thing that happens in this offense, and you don't normally get a trend this strong at this level, but it's just that Debo Samuel gets the targets against zone and the league plays 70% zone coverage. Here are the targets per route run over the last three years for Debo Samuel. And then I will list Brandon Ayuk second. And I'm going to start in 2020. I'm going to work my way to 2022. Debo Samuel, 28% targets per route run versus zone. Brandon Ayuk, 20%. The next year, Debo Samuel, 27% targets per route run against zone. Brandon Ayuk, 17%. Last season, Debo Samuel, 26% targets per route run, 19% for Brandon Ayuk. That's a major challenge, but I don't think it's going to change because that's what that's the exact role that Kyle Shanahan had in mind when he drafted Debo and then when he paid Debo. He's basically saying, guys, you want to run all this off, all, all this off coverage. We're going to hit Debo quick, and he's just going to destroy you like a running back out there against a cornerback. You don't even have your best guys to tackle my dude. All right. And so it's a major problem. Oh, you want to go man coverage? Single high, you want to blitz me on the backside of that screen? I'm going to have Brandon Ayuk running a slant route. So we get the flip when it goes to man. Targets per route run starting in 2020. It was closer. Ayuk was a rookie, 23%, Debo 24%. But then the last two years, Ayuk 21%, over 18% for Debo. And last year, Ayuk absolutely took off 26% targets per route run versus man, 15% for Debo. And think about it. Like people, if you play Madden, you come out, you're running your screen pass to your wide receiver. You got to press cornerback on the line of scrimmage. If your dude doesn't get his block, that can be a pick six the other way. What are you doing? You're going to your backside read. Even you guys know that you're just playing a, a video game. You know that. Well, that's what the quarterback's doing for the 49ers. They come up, they see that coverage. This plays Ayuk. This plays Debo. The big problem is 70% of coverage is zone. 30% man, right? So you do get occasional weeks. This is where you can get a DFS cheat code on Brandon Ayuk, where we get some teams that in a year they'll play like the Patriots will do this when they have the personnel to do it. They'll run man coverage 65% of the time. You get a game like that, you got to light Brandon Ayuk up. Like you right. got to get him in your lineup in DFS and you're going to you're going to fade Debo Samuel. So that that's the biggest challenge. And then also the fact that we've got CMC that's going to get a 15 to 20% target share and we've got George Kittle who's also going to demand targets. So those are the challenges for Ayuk. But final thing I'll say here, you still want to be drafting talents like this because once the season starts, weird stuff happens. Debo Samuel gets hurt. Suddenly, Kyle Shanahan, for whatever reason, we can't predict, decides he's not going to follow the trend I just gave you for the last three years. Like, yeah. that's a possibility. It could happen, right? Uh, George Kittle goes down. CMC, go there, there's a lot. 
all of a sudden the 49ers decide, man, look what these guys down in Florida are doing that run our offense. They're getting all the same results, but they don't run the ball as much. Maybe I don't need to run the ball as much. Maybe that's a realization Kyle Shanahan has. I think he should get away from running the ball as much. You can still get all the same effects from play action, and you can get the ball into your playmaker's hands more often. And then that would open up more room for IU to make more noise on like a 21% target share. He's going to have a really tough time, though, uncorking a 25 26 27% without multiple events going his way. Probably needs an injury to a teammate, needs the team to throw the ball more. There's a lot of things that have to happen, but – you can never say never. Talent is the number one driver. I think mid-round five is fine for Ayuk. Yeah. I will tell you, I take Deontay Johnson before him quite a quite a bit yeah. because I feel like Makes Deontay sense. could have 150 targets, right? Yeah. So exactly, exactly. And you can even get Deontay later sometimes, which is which is bananas. Um, now, a, a wide receiver who is going to that range, Jerry Judy. Okay, him and Cortland Sutton had almost identical target share last year in their games played together. Mike Clay put out a tweet, 23% target share for Judy, 22% target share for Sutton in the 10 games that they played together. Now, Judy's currently going at the 3-4 turn in underdog drafts, and you know many are calling for a true breakout upcoming year for him, you know, with Sean Payton coming in, maybe, you know, Russell Wilson can go back to the player that he was. And, you know, I'm not, I'm also not saying that, you know, Sutton needs to be a target, but, you know, he, he was targeted five times uh, compared to Judy's three and less routes run in his first preseason game, uh, which is kind of in line in camp reports that, you know, Sutton has been favored by Russell Wilson. And obviously, you know, one, it's not even a one game sample size. It's like a couple of drives worth of sample size, but I'm looking at the guys going around him. You know, he's going between Keenan Allen and Christian Watson as the wide receiver 20 off the board. You know, with the target share being so close between these guys last year in the games that they played together, you know, should we be that confident that Judy, you know, should be the guy taking it as, you know, someone in that range compared to Sutton, who's going off the board as a wide receiver 46? And that's been rising, by the way. You know, he was being taken off the board way, way, way later than that, you know, before, you know, recent reports. How are you looking at this, man? Like, do you think Judy is worth that pick? And do you think that the target share is going to magically, you know, separate itself a little bit more this year? Yeah, I do think Judy's worth it, but I don't think this is an either or thing. These are both players I want to have exposure to, but I am more in on Judy and I do. I agree with his ADP. So the splits that I look at with a player like Judy that's been injured off and on so much. Like I really like to look at the games where they're healthy. Right. Right. And so last year in the games where Judy truly was ready to rock with Russ, 23% target share. So remember that's right on that verge of that wide receiver one range, 30% air yard share. Remember our threshold earlier for a wide receiver one was 31%. 16.1 PPR points per game. That actually is a wide receiver one threshold since 2011 and 13.4 half PPR points per game. So that's a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. I really believe with Judy, he's been a very unfortunate with, with uh, you know injuries over the course of his career. Now, other people I really respect in the industry. I went on a pod with Matt Harmon a couple of weeks ago and he invited someone to come on and debate wide receivers. I'm like, dude, like I'm just like the lamb for, to the slaughter, right? Like I'm coming in to <laughs> hang out with Matt Harmon. We're going to debate, you know, wide receivers. Right, he brought right. up really good points, you know, and he just talked about the fact that Judy's been really good against man, but he struggled against zone. But when I looked at the targets per route run data, 
right? And again, with a player that's been hurt and on and off the field, like you got to really dig into that stuff. Like Judy's been okay. Like he's still been like right around wide receiver two marks, even against zone coverage. So I do like him. I think there's a ceiling that's there with Judy that I don't think is there with Sutton. I could be wrong, but that's just based again, following the data, right? Not trying to just mm-hmm. make any assumptions on my own, just following the information. Judy's also still earlier in his career. Sutton's later in his career. Also to be fair to Sutton is a player that's battled his own injuries, <laughs> right? Yeah. Off and on. We did see that small flash in year two, and then we haven't seen it since, but he's battled some things. So I like drafting both of these guys where they right. go today. Like if I have to pick in a vacuum, the one I think has the better profile, I do think it's Jerry Judy. Um, I think you could make an argument like, should they really be that far apart? However, what I would say is I don't think it means Jerry Judy needs to come down. It probably means maybe Cortland Sutton should go in like that round seven range where right. we see guys like George Pickens go, where we see guys like Jahan Dotson go. We're leaning into them because they're younger and they might have a gear, right, that we haven't seen yet from Sutton. Right. But I wouldn't completely rule it out. Like Sutton's not, it's not like he's a 10 year vet, right? This is a guy that, you know, he still might have a little more than what we think left. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 